Sports Radio 929 Game, 9290 Game.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. 28th day of August. Say to you, good morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning to you people in uh, Lithia Springs. Lithia Springs. Let's see, Lithia Springs. They won this. They won this weekend. Okay. Lithia Springs Lions got the one over win over Alexander. There's two teams out in Douglas County. Okay. And so that, that was uh, big for them. Shout out to Coach Cora Jarvis out there. How you pull that off is amazing. Every and just mention the city well, know, and you know, you come no, with some no, knowledge. No, no, about no. It's, it's different with him. He was Why is that? he was he was in my mother's homeroom. What? Yeah, coach was in my mom's homeroom back in the day. So yeah, man. Okay, I had a little. I didn't expect that one. Okay. Coming up later on in the show, going to talk to Dave Cohen, Georgia State, and get into Eric's world. But uh, and listen, with you here, I don't know that I need to set it up the way I do when you're not here. Um, but if you have not seen or had a chance to listen to Friday night's high school scoreboard show, Sam Crenshaw. Um, Chris Parker, and a host of others, including our producer, Eric Slaughter. They will give you everything you need to know about what's going on with high school football throughout the state. All right? Now, one of the signature features, though, as the games go on, is a, is a, is a feature called School Days. And that's where Chris and, and Sam, you guys talk to a very prominent football player, a very well-known football player. They're not to be a football player. Pardon? They're not to be a football player. See, I thought player. it was all football players. No. We had Marquise Grissom and George Lombard last year, and I'm okay. working and I'm working on a couple other people who distinguish themselves as baseball players. So just they year. played their their but high they, school but somebody sports. Who experienced the Friday night experience? Ah, okay. Now they I got lived it. the Friday night experience. Well, you grabbed a good one uh, this past Friday. Your second one of this season on the heels of Jamal Lewis. You got DJ Shockley, and for those who didn't hear it Friday night, high school scoreboard show starts at seven o'clock. We replay it for you on Saturday mornings. And if you didn't hear it yesterday morning, please enjoy it now. From Friday night's high school scoreboard show, your school days with DJ Shockley. DJ Shockley, welcome to the high school scoreboard show. Chris, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And uh, Chris, man, I learned the best from Sam, man. I watched Sam for a long time, so <laughs> I'm just trying to walk in the footsteps of the great Sam Crenshaw. No, man. Uh, you, you're retracing the steps. You, you, you're reinventing those steps with all the things that you're doing. <laughs> Glad you got some time for us tonight because so many things there. You're working with University of Georgia. You're working with the Falcons. Some, uh, and obviously, you got High Five Sports. You guys got your show coming up tonight. Uh, so it keeps you close. To your high school days. So we wanted to talk with us a little bit about that tonight. You know, when you think about the time at North Clayton, what are some things that come rushing to your mind? What's the first thing when you think about that time that comes to mind for you? Well, I think obviously the first thing is my dad. Obviously, you know, he was my coach for four years. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys who get to go up through high school or go up through the middle school or whatever ranks and your dad gets to coach you, it's always a pretty cool uh, thing. Um, I think going through it, um, the first couple of years was kind of uh, a little on the iffy side because my mom, she didn't want my dad to coach me because she knew how hard he was, and he was. He would get on to me, and I would do the right thing, but he still would be getting on me because he didn't want to show favoritism. But the first thing <laughs> I, I think about, obviously, is my dad coached me and that experience that I got from him and uh, a lot of things that made me into the man I am today and the player I am today was because of my dad and some of the lessons that I learned uh, throughout high school. It's a challenging dynamic, Sam, and DJ DJ can test this as a coach when you coach your own kid. I was fortunate I only got daughters, so I didn't coach a son, but I saw it so often. It's way harder than people think. It's hard to separate dad from coach. So you either coach at home or your dad on the field, and neither one's good. 
You you got to be <laughs> dad. What some of the came home, it still was it still was kind of coaching back. Yeah. We'll we'll have a full day at home, and then we'll come home and we'll be watching film. So I couldn't get away from the guy. Yeah. Man. It was crazy. He's trying to eat dinner, and they talking about inside drill. Or seven on seven, right? No doubt. No doubt. we spending time on the high school scoreboard show, spending some time with DJ Shockley. And talk about who the rival was. I think I know, but what was that game you guys uh, circle and didn't have to circle on on your schedule because that was the game you always knew the, the community and the school let you know when that game was coming up. Oh, Sam, you know it is Riverdale all day long. I mean, that was the one game that brought everybody out in the entire community and entire city will come out for that game. Whether it was football, whether it was basketball, uh, it would be a packed house. And uh, obviously, everybody grew up knowing each other. So we, you know, knew each other. We played against each other uh, all the way growing up. And in high school, it just continued. So that rivalry was crazy, uh, especially in, in football and basketball. Uh, I remember in basketball a couple of times, you know, they would, you know, have to close the place down because it was a fire hazard because so many people trying to get in to watch the game. I mean, it was. It was good times, and it's always uh, one of the best robbers I think uh, in the city was was us in Riverdale. Man, man, what what one moment stands out, DJ? I know everybody asks you about your time at the University of Georgia or playing the NFL, but in high school, what one moment stands out as something that you really remember? You know what I, I think, and there are a lot of cool moments uh, in in high school. That I think, but I remember uh, one cool moment. It actually wasn't as cool for us, but it was just a a cool environment to be in. I remember my uh, one of my freshman or sophomore year, we go down in the playoffs and we play Carrollton and we're playing against, I didn't know he would be one of my good friends to this day, but Reggie Brown was, yeah. you know, a big deal down at Carrollton and, you know, he was the Mr. Do-It-All. But I remember us getting to the game literally 10 minutes before the game started. And I just remember my dad saying they gave us the wrong directions. I don't know how true it was or not, but we pull up literally 10 minutes before the game starts, throw our pads on, and literally touch our toes, and they kick the ball off. So that's one moment that I looked at. And I was like, man, I don't know how we did it, but guess what? I mean, when you're, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, you can just get off the bus and play football. You don't really need to stretch for real. <laughs> you're only about 50-50 whether that's – he did that on purpose or not. I put it at 50-50. Yeah. There's a possibility that happened. <laughs> <laughs> he just gave him the wrong yeah. direction. But as a coach, you always assume they did. Yeah. What about – let's talk a little bit about what advice you have, DJ. I love this question to ask people, but maybe you more so than anybody because of your current jobs and your experience. What advice do you have for the young guys? We were in the Dome last week. We saw a ton, in the bins. We saw a ton of guys that are big time recruits, like you were. What advice do you have for them that you've learned through your time as a high school star? Went to one of the biggest colleges. Went to the NFL. Now you're covering all these things. What do these guys need to hear? You know, because I think the number one thing is, and I, I still believe this doesn't get old. I still believe that this is at the root of what it takes to get to the next level, and it's getting your grades early. And a lot of people look at it like, okay, yeah, you know, you want to pass the SAT, you want to do all that, get all your scores and all that kind of good stuff, which is absolutely right. Um, but I think the one thing that I think a lot of kids don't understand is how important those ninth and 10th grade years are. Because I know a lot of coaches these days on the collegiate level that go back and they look at what kind of student you were early in your career. Did it matter to you early in the career or did you want to wait till? you know, oh, now I got to get my grades to get it right. And that's not the kind of players I think these college coaches want. They want guys that they can depend on at all times, especially in the classroom, because they already got to worry about mm-hmm. 
what's going to happen on the field? Can they, you know, keep you here? All the kind of stuff that's going on now. But they don't want to have to worry about the academic side of it. And kids that have that academic part that are smart enough to understand that I need to get my grades so that that's one less thing a coach has to worry about. And then ultimately, I think it comes down to you think about some star players around uh, the state and you say, okay, well, this guy's good. That guy's really good. What's going to separate him? Well, mm-hmm. maybe one guy doesn't have the grades and he doesn't have the scores. And then another guy, he's a, you know, 3.5, 4.0 grade point actually was. Those are the guys they're going to take over the talent first because of the academic part of it. That's one thing that my dad and my mom instilled in me early was making sure that I got my grades. And ultimately, it helped me by the time I got to junior and senior that, you know, my grades were on par. So I, I tell kids all the time, don't wait till your junior year to start worrying about pulling those grades up. You got to make sure you do it early in your career, especially starting out in ninth, tenth grade. Folks, we're spending time, glad to be spending some time with our school day segment tonight here on the High School Scoreboard Show with DJ Shockley. Of course, you've seen him play for, for the University of Georgia, seen him play with the Falcons, and, and now you see him on Fox 5 and so many other places. Uh, but, but, but he's spending a little time with us tonight. And DJ, I want you to talk about Clayton County and the talent that's come out down there before you, after you. I mean, I, mean, I, I was there, and I saw your dad had a chance to see him this summer uh, when they renamed uh, the, uh, the, the stadium under Hines Ward. And it was great to see him there, but to see so many guys and the memories of all the guys who've come through Clayton County, even going back to folks like Andre Hastings, uh, people like Tashar yeah. Choice, you know, Morgan Burnett, yeah. uh, the, the Douglas yeah. brothers over Jonesboro. Talk about this talent yeah. that's always been down in Clayton <laughs> County. And what's so great, Sam, all those names you mentioned, you know, it goes back from, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way through the 2000s and it continues to have that kind of talent. And you see a lot of guys from Clay County go on to do really good things in college. You see a lot of guys go on to the, to the National Football League and play. Um, I know Kyle Lowe is another guy from North Clayton who was a guy who, you know, went on and, you know, played on the college level, then played for Carolina for a while. I mean, there's so many guys that you can think about uh, that came from, you know, Clayton County. And for me, uh, Hines was one of the guys that I looked at uh, coming out. I remember me and my dad going to watch him at Forest Park. And it was a big reason why I wanted to win number three. I saw him running around at Terra Stadium and he's making plays all over the field and obviously he goes to Georgia. But that's kind of stuff that kind of propelled me into the to kind of the player I was because I saw so many talented guys before me. And my dad took me to those games and said, hey, you want to be great? You want to be, you know, remember around here, you got to play like this guy. And I remember so many guys before me that really paved the way. And I just wanted to be one of those guys too that when kids came and watched a game and say, wow, he gave everything, and he's a guy that, you know, I want to be like growing up. So, so many great just people as well as athletes uh, that, that go on uh, in Clayton County. It's a reason why, you know, there's so many guys that you can look back on throughout the years that come from Clayton County that, you know, have succeeded. DJ, not just football for you and also being the quarterback, that's a position where you, you had to put in a lot of work and leadership with basketball and track. Talk about the the, uh, the pluses you get from being a multiple sport athlete. Because some people think you're just one thing and you just stick to that one thing. How did that help you? Yeah, and that's kind of the big thing that now that, you know, now that I got a son of my own that's 10 years old and I've stressed uh, that I want him to be able to do every sport, play every sport. And I think simply it just teaches you a lot in all these different sports that I played. I remember, you know, football taught you so much about teamwork, about, you know, having to depend on others, basketball was another sport where, you know, it's five guys working for one common goal to get a ball in a hoop, but you got to play defense. You got to, you know, got to talk. You got to communicate. Uh, track was another sport that helped me individually try to find that motivation inside of me to say, all right, 
Now you don't have the guys around you. Now you got to go out and do it yourself. How can you motivate yourself when those other team sports allows you to do it and, and play baseball as well, similar as basketball and football. You had guys around you that can help you, and it just it all the sports I think individually teach you something different, and ultimately makes you into the person and player you are because of those locker rooms, because of the people you're around, because of the situations and obstacles you got to go through in those different sports. It absolutely helps you become a better person and player, and that's one thing I, I always tell kids today: do everything, play every sport. Uh, you know, make sure that you're a well-rounded player. And then once you get to, a, you know, a higher ranking, and then you can choose a sport that you like. But I thought earlier growing up it was so important, especially going through high school, that I played, you know, a lot of different sports. One, I loved all the sports, but I knew each one taught me something different um, that I have, you know, ultimately taken into my life now. And now I remember those experiences. I can kind of instill those into my son today who, you know, does everything as well. It's um. That's a great answer, by the way, Sam. Every coach is applauding that because most people want kids to play more sports. They really do. Most people applaud that, and we got to get that word out more often. And people who play in the NFL, play at the highest level of college, say that over and over. But here's what I got the question for. Okay, My last okay, question, okay? okay? All right. And this is an important one because DJ Sam was really talking your basketball skills up before we had you. <laughs> Off there, He was talking you up as a basketball player. And we had Harry Douglas on last year. Uh-huh. And you were talking him up as a basketball player. Yeah. So if DJ and Harry got into one on one right now, now, Harry might be you, listening. Harry might be. Listening. I mean, who you got? That's uh, what who, I was asking. Who, I mean, who, who, Harry might be listening right now. Well, he might. You but know, I'm hey, asking. It, we're talking hey, to DJ, hey, so I'm Harry assuming gonna, DJ's gonna gonna take this one, right? Harry's gonna tell you, or he gonna know all day is me. You know that. You know that. <laughs> I mean, Harry, Harry, Harry little He's fat, but you know what I'm saying. He knows. He knows. Them little clay boys with nothing to play with. So. He backed well, him down. Harry, he, 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 he know. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. DJ, before we let you go, let, let's talk about high five sports, and you know uh, what you're getting a chance to do over there. You're here on Friday nights, and the, the things you're getting a chance to to be plugged in with high school sports uh, actively again through being over at Fox 5. Yeah, it's an unbelievable thing, man. Obviously, you know, uh, over at Fox 5, we've covered high school sports for so long. I remember when I was coming up, actually our producer, Chip Zeller, he would he would be the guy that's, you know, out with us, and he interviewed me. I remember coming up. So now to be working for Fox and have the opportunity to go back and see some of these great games, see some of these great athletes, just see the environment of high school football. I mean, I think that's where – the low the game comes from. I mean, I was sitting here watching, you know, one of the high school games, I think Mill Creek and Norcross are, you know, on ESPN2 right now. Like, and you see, you look in the stands and you see how excited the kids are. You see, you know, you can smell the tailgates. I mean, nothing like that Friday night smell of that grass and do. So it, it's cool to be able to cover and have those feelings come back that you had when you played high school. And these kids got to soak it up. They got to enjoy it. I don't think they understand how good they got it right now. Uh, especially playing in a, a rich state like Georgia. There's so much great football around this state. And the fact they get to do it every Friday amongst, you know, a lot of great fans and diehard, you know, fans coming to watch them every week. So high school football has been cool. It's been fun. And I'm glad we get to cover it every single week. Yeah, you're one of the people who raised the bar for them. They got to reach up there to get it because you put it up there pretty high during your time at North Clayton. DJ Shockley, we appreciate you spending some time and, and going through your school days with us on this Friday night, and we'll be catching you late, little, little later on and, and all weekend long because you're going to be everywhere. So <laughs> but we appreciate you spending some time with us tonight. Yeah.
Sam, uh, Chris, I appreciate you guys, man. Love what you guys do. Continue to, you know, give these kids that platform. So I love it, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me. Sports Radio, that is United Game at 9.9thegame.com. Sam and Greg with you. Nine floors up in the Kia Studios on a beautiful Sunday morning looking outside the window. That was in the clouds out here. Clouds were around last night, though. Man, we had rain and lightning and all kind of stuff. And, you know, Not out west. No, you know what? And usually you get it first. Yeah, I get it first. You know? I ain't getting nine, just a little drizzle. All right. <laughs> Nothing out there. We have a special guest coming up. We have a very special guest. We played that music for a reason, but that's not what we're going to start with, but we're going to work our way into that. Yeah, because I want to know that connection. Yeah, okay, well, we, well, we're going to get into okay. that in a minute. We'll All get into right. that in a minute, but, but people know him for one thing, and I'm very proud to say this guy's getting ready to start his 40th year of uh, broadcasting Georgia State Athletics. Uh, Dave Cohen joining us now, the voice of the Panthers, joining us now on the waitfor.com hotline. Morning, Dave. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning, Sam and Greg. How you guys doing? We're doing fine. When he says 40 years out loud, what does that make you think about? Well, you know, I never expected to be at Georgia State for 40 years, but life happens, and uh, it's been a great ride. Seen, uh, what, five or six NCAA tournaments, uh, a baseball NCAA regional, and for those of us that have been there that long, really in the early days, never thought we'd see football. And now, Sam, who's been with me every step of the way, we're about to embark on season 13 and wow. you know they're coming off their best season yet with eight wins a year ago and back-to-back bowl wins under head coach sean elliott so you know a lot of positives right now as we head into uh season 13 this uh, next saturday night in columbia yep and i tell you what greg that he was recently and he was on it this week i don't know if you've seen the picture i posted it on our on our twitter that dave got a, a panther's helmet with the number 40 on it in order of this being his 40th year I- Again, when I asked the question earlier about what do you think about, you know, when I think of Georgia State and I've got just a small sample size, for me, it's the it's the whole Ron, you know, the Hunter, him injuring himself, having his kid on the team, because I know you call basketball games too, um, and, and that which made national news because the guy's hopping around on one little scooter. But the things that you must have seen throughout those 40 years, that could be one of the highlights. But is there a couple others that stand out? Oh, yeah. I mean, going back to uh, the Edmonds Center in Deland, Florida, down at Stetson in 1991, you know, the first the first time Georgia State basketball won the Trans-America Athletic Conference Tournament, earned that first bid to the NCAA Tournament, which in the end, they kept us here in Atlanta to play Arkansas in the Omni. And, uh, the Omni. you know, they always say it, it's never as good as the first time. And that was just such an exciting weekend. And then you can fast forward, like you said, the Ron Hunter falling off the stool at Jacksonville and the win over Baylor. And then you go back, Sam, you were there September 2nd, 2010, inside the Georgia Dome, the first football game against uh, against Shorter University. You know, we had 30,000-plus. And then, you know, the weekend at UNC Wilmington for Greg Frady and the Georgia State baseball team, still the first and only time they've reached an NCAA regional and. You know, just uh, you go back out to Boise, Idaho with uh, Lefty Drizel back in 2001 after winning the conference tournament, getting sent all the way out to Boise and, Mm -hmm. you know, knocking off 
um, Wisconsin, which had been a Final Four team the year before in the first round, and then going up against Lefty's former team, the Maryland Terrapins, in the second round. And you know what a great weekend that was. So yeah, definitely there's there there are moments along the way that uh, you know I and Panther fans will remember forever. Uh, but it's been a great ride, 40 years. Hopefully, there's a few more years left in the tank. It, Again, looking forward to uh, what football has to offer this year with uh, two big games right out of the gate, South Carolina and then uh, North Carolina week two. Yeah, yeah, spilling time on the waitforit.com hotline this morning with Dave Cohen. He is social. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at GA, at GA State Voice, Georgia State Voice. Uh, you can keep up with him. He's always posting things wherever the Panthers are playing. Okay, you left out the one thing that I think some uh, Georgia State fans may think was the biggest accomplishment, and that was that win at Tennessee several years ago to go up there and shut down 100,000 folk and, and uh, make them stop playing Rocky Top. I thought that was like an amazing, <laughs> just an amazing thing because, you know, they play Rocky Top so much you're hearing it for a week in the back of your mind after you go to a game up there. Georgia State has played so well in recent years against SEC teams, Dave. And talk about getting set uh, to take on South Carolina, another SEC opponent, uh, next Saturday night. They seem to bring out the best in this team under Sean Elliott. Yeah, and, and really just to focus on football, Sam, to step back for a second. Yeah, the shorter game, the first game, the Tennessee game. How about that win over Georgia Southern in the final regular season game of 2015, 34-7 at Paulson Stadium at Statesboro, which we knew if we won that game, that would be the sixth win and the bid to the, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl, which was a fantastic uh, weekend down in Orlando. But, yeah, you know, and, Sam, you were with me at Auburn this past year. Yep. And, you know, we can say it in hindsight, but Georgia State, you know, could have left the Plains with a W uh, on that Saturday afternoon over at Auburn, but uh, we let it slip away at the end. But, yeah, I mean, you know, what, what Coach Elliott and his staff have done since taking over this program now, well, he's going into his sixth season. So you go back to that, uh, the year prior, we were three and nine. And, uh, you know, what Coach Elliott has been able to do along with, uh, along with his staff and setting this program in the right direction, you know, uh, increasing and bettering the, uh, the recruiting process and bringing players in here that uh, are a caliber we have not had. Uh, you know, since, you know, going back to the early days in the program, um, you know, I mean, Georgia State football right now headed in the right direction. You know, they'll tell you that the goal, uh, along with making and winning bowl games, is to put themselves in a position to compete for the Sunbelt Conference Championship. And what's going to be a challenge every year in the New Look Sunbelt Conference and the uh, you know, the, the new-look Sunbelt Eastern Division, uh, but they're in position right now. I mean, it's you know, with what they've got, this is going to be the most experienced team that Georgia State has put on the field, facing what may be the most challenging schedule that they have played in what will be the 13th season. Uh, but you, you know, it, every year now, it's going to be Appalachian State. It's going to be Marshall. It's going to be Coastal Carolina. Always Georgia Southern. Uh, so it's a fantastic Sunbelt Conference with the four new additions of Old Dominion and uh, James Madison, who's also in the East, uh, Southern Miss and Marshall. Uh, so, uh, you know, but, but they're in position right now with the, with the players, uh, with the roster that they're going to return this year. They've put themselves in position to be considered 
a challenger for the Sunbelt Conference Eastern Division and put themselves in position to play for a Sunbelt Conference championship, and that's the next box uh, that needs to be checked, and they'll tell you that. Yep, yep. Yeah. I was looking. At, I know you want to ask one question. I was looking. I was going to ask him about that. Looking up uh, Georgia State. Looking up at App State. So well, we spent some time with Dave Cohen, and, and we know what he's done with, at Georgia State and so much. But but I, I shared something with Greg about you, Dave, that he found quite fascinating, and it's something that I've had a chance. Which is to, the fact yeah, that you? you are a passionate uh, fan of Kiss. Um, for people who may not know that, and uh, Greg was fascinated to know that because we we both love music, and Greg's a music lover. And so he was a pastor. How did this start? Well, what got you all, you know, because how many, first of all, how many times have you seen them in concert, Dave? Uh, the show that I saw in Raleigh in May was number 61. Go! <laughs> oh! He's and like a dick. Been 63. <laughs> he's like I a... had tickets for two other shows in New York and Chattanooga that I wasn't able to make for various unmentioned reasons. He is like a deadhead. <laughs> We're for Grateful Dead fans. But that's not the question I have with that number. My question is this, if you want to admit this out loud. How many times did you go to those 61 shows in makeup? To be honest with you, not one. I not even thought, never even thought about it? Because, you know, that's a hardcore kiss No, fan. No, no, I've got a... I'll wear the mask at Halloween, but uh, the old kid's mask. But no, I've never sat and uh, donned the makeup. Wow. I'm, listen. Have you ever been to see him perform without the makeup? Because for a while they would. They, yeah, they, they, they took the makeup off. He probably didn't like that. No, no, it was uh, it was great. Yeah, I mean, really? I saw a number of shows back in the nineties, uh, the early late eighties, early nineties, when you know they were touring uh, non makeup period of the band, and it was great. Every every period of uh, their career has been great. That's that's the that's the thing I like about it the most. Uh, each chapter has been different along the way. It's not the same thing. Were you one of those people, Kiss fans, that, that never gave credit to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because for years they didn't have them in there? And, you know, they talked a lot. A lot of pop stars were in there. But Kiss, Sam, I've told you the story. Kiss were, were not – they should have been in there 15 years before they were actually put in. And it was all because of some beef that they had with Jan Warner. Who was the the guy who started the guy who started Rolling Stone magazine? Who started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It was all very cliquish, but you well, Rolling Stone really never liked Kiss. There you go. They still don't. I was one of those folks that said when they were when the invitation to join the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came, they should have said no, thank you, but no, thank you, because you're right. They should have been in 15 years earlier. They should have declined. They don't need it. No. Being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame does nothing for them. It doesn't enhance anything. I mean, they are who they are. I th- I felt they should have declined. Uh, that would have been know, smooth. Yeah, but, that would. But been. they didn't. This man won a contest to go and see them in Hollywood. Kiss. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, I mean, the ways he's gotten the chance to go and see these guys. And the other thing is, whenever we're uh, on the road, we have right. some time before a game, we find a used record place. And we go through those stats. Always got to make sure you come home with something, Sam. Ah, look at him. Okay. <laughs> I did not know all that. That's a deep dive into some kids. I'm going to have to come with some rock and roll stuff with him next time we talk to Dave. Because I, I got some. I wouldn't prepare it this time, but we're going to do it next time. Hey, listen, congratulations on your, on your time at Georgia State, the helmet and the 40 years and all of the stories that you have. Is, there's got to be a book at some point coming out, right? Yep. Well, Sam and I have talked about it, but I don't know. 
got one book uh, already, you know, already completed. Uh, you know, another alum has written the book on the history of Georgia State athletics. Of course, it's a little out of date because of the bowl games that have been made and the NCAA tournaments have been made. But that basically the the history book of Georgia State athletics has already been written. Yeah, but not from the behind, from the behind the mic perspective, and not from a kiss fan. Well, this is true, and, and not from true. a kiss fan. Very true, Dave. Thanks for getting up and spending some time with us. Always great catching up. And uh, see you this week as we get ready to head for Columbia. And we're going to find out. It's a nighttime game. We're going to find out how they keep that chicken awake at night. <laughs> we're going to find out. That's not yeah, natural, man. I'm looking man. forward to it. Yep. Yeah, Sam, we've done games at a lot of cool places, uh, but uh, have not done a game from williams Bryce Stadium on a Saturday night in Columbia. And uh, what a way to open the season for Sean Elliott to go back to South Carolina where he was the an assistant coach and then the interim head coach before coming to Georgia State. And um, I'm looking forward to it. There are, as they, as you'll hear, uh, or as you've heard, there are electric atmospheres in various college stadiums. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one Saturday night at South Carolina. Very much, very much. Dave, thanks so much for the time. Uh, we'll see you this week. Go Panthers. Thank you, Dave. All right. All right, Sam, Greg, always appreciate it. Thank you. All right, you got it, Dave Cohen from Georgia State. We are going to take a uh, little dip into Eric's world up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this August 28th. Thank you for making us a part of your Sunday mornings. Can um, shout out to somebody right quick? Absolutely. So we'll bring so the music down here a little bit okay. and let everybody hear you. One shout out to to, to good friend uh, Mark Melvin and Brian Mims. Uh, these guys out there working on the morning show on WSB-TV, photographer, reporter, and they're out there just doing stuff around the city. Okay. And they, and they listen to the show. Oh, and all right. Let them know, man. They're listening to the show this morning. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, all right. That whole story with Dave Cohen uh-huh. um, and him being a KISS fan, Reminded me of one of the greatest stories, and, and, and I was going to ask him when he was on. Did you ever hear the story when, when Gene Simmons, you know, from doing his acting, he was in one of the James Bond movies, too, I want to say. If it wasn't James Bond, it was something else. But anyway, he played a villain in movies for a little bit. Anyway, he was on promoting one of the movies, and he was on Oprah. So, again, you know this ain't going sideways. It was yeah. on Oprah, okay? Yeah. But Oprah, in interviewing the, the various stars... <laughs> I'm going to taper this for Sunday mornings. But anyway, this is this is what happened. She was asking him about the movie, blah, blah, blah. But then when you have Gene Simmons in front of you, you have to talk about, you know, his daytime job, which is the band Kiss, which Oprah did. And they talked about Kiss for a minute, and it was like this little pause she had because I've seen the tape of it. And she went, I have to ask you, how, how long is your tongue? <laughs> I can see if I, right? I, I can see her pausing and doing that. Yeah, she because that's his trademark, right? Yeah. And so she, he said, she said to him, "How long is your tongue?" Thirty seconds of laughter, of course, from her audience. Yeah, yeah. And he just looked at her. He never broke stride. He went, "Well, it's long enough to make you my very good friend." Oh. <laughs> and left it. <laughs> and left it like that. And left it at that. The end. <laughs> and 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 said it with just this little, you know smirk 
in his mouth. As beautiful thing. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game. Dot com. Uh, speaking of music, 92.9 The Game and thousands more radio stations plus millions of podcasts are all uh, free right here on the Odyssey app. But again, when it comes to sports, music, news, podcasts, whatever you want, it's all here on free Odyssey app. Download it at your earliest convenience. Yes. <laughs> so do what you got to do. All right. Uh, I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's going to talk about. Maybe it's last night. Maybe it's the just whatever is going on. But we don't know. It is the time for Let's Eric's find out. world. Mr. Slaughter, the floor is yours. I- I'm sitting back here still trying to get the um, – I'm glad he didn't actually show his tongue to Oprah, just made a comment because I don't know well, how he does Oprah... it all the time, man. That's, yeah. that's like his thing. Yeah, you know. Uh, mm, but it was, a, it was the best response I have heard in the longest time. And you rarely get that guest – that gets Oprah speechless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can and imagine. And she that. was, she was just speechless. And her audience knew exactly where it was going. It was beautiful. It really was. I love when I go to Hard Rock, uh, either casinos or restaurants, and you see the outfits in the big frames from performers that performed on stage. And I've seen they have several mm-hmm. of Kiss's outfits. Yeah, and you say, "Oh, Kiss wore this at New York. Kiss wore this in Las Vegas." Um, what some of that stuff goes for, because I'm thinking about memorabilia. Because I want to know if uh, either one of you guys, you know, I know that big money that you guys make, would pay $12.6 million for a baseball card. Oh, yeah, we just saw that on TV, yeah. 12? Uh, no. Point. Well, no, I, I, I wouldn't pay that. 12.6. I wouldn't pay $12.60. It's, but it's, it, <laughs> you're looking at it differently, though. If you have it to spend... Right, whatever it is you're going to yeah. purchase, you know that there's a market out there for it, which means you're going to turn around an X amount of months, years, and sell it and make your money back. Yeah, you're going to put it in your vault somewhere. Yeah, it's and, an investment. Uh, you that's know what I mean? A that's, Mickey Mantle baseball card yes. is an investment. So Billy you think Crystal, there's somebody, you think there's somebody Crystal, out there will pay thirteen if, five for it? Oh, sure. Listen, Billy huh. Crystal has has been noted to say he has carried around Will, uh, Mickey Mantle's rookie card. He gave. I mean, he. he, he Gave eulogy at his funeral. So that's mm. how connected he is with Mickey Mouse. His first, his first biggest. Um, uh, Billy Crystal made sixty one. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, but that that was his guy coming up, right? right? Mm. So his love of Mickey Mantle, his love of baseball. Remember a few years ago, they let him go to spring training and actually take a bat. They gave him a a, 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 a plate appearance. Yeah, and he was I don't know he was close to sixty then, but that's how much they know he loves him. But he's carrying around this rookie card, Mickey Mantle's. I don't know what condition it's in, but and it, we ain't got to have a telethon for Billy Crystal, right? No. But if he ever decided to sell that thing, Billy Crystal's Mickey Mantle rookie card would go for, and if it was in pristine condition, that would add uh, maybe a few more zeros because it was him. He being famous, and then that rookie card. He's probably got so, it. Yeah. He's probably got it in something. He probably not. Yeah, it's not just in his wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, that no. person. If that card ever went up for sale, yeah, yeah there's people. The, it's worth whatever somebody will pay for. Man, I just when I saw that, I, I, I was like, wow. So I got a question for you guys. Yes, money without being an object. If there's any piece of sports memorabilia <laughs> that you could say this is something that I would love to have or had to have, what would it be? Mine's kind of easy. Okay. And um, we've actually talked about it before. Uh, the only problem is it's not signed, but I want that picture from the summit. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. The picture where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jim Brown, oh, okay. Muhammad Ali, 
are all sitting there, and Lou L. Cinder, mm-hmm. and then you got the brothers behind them. Yeah. Right? Okay. From that, I want Bobby that Mitchell, original Willie picture. Davis. But I want them four dudes who were sitting. I, obviously, you can't now, but I want them. If I had that signed, mm-hmm. I'd eat through tree bark to get it. Hmm. Wow. Okay, that's a good. One. Same. Uh, with the U.S. Open about to start, and uh, his name on the front of the biggest tennis stadium on the planet. Mm-hmm. If there's any way to get um, a racket that once belonged to Arthur Ashe, I would love to there have it. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. And I bet you there's probably more than a one of two of those just somewhere. somewhere. I don't know about that. No. The, the, the family's not, got not, them. Not that you can get access to. I mean, the okay. family may have them um, probably sure that at the Tennis Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some in a prominent place probably on display in the stadium at the U.S. Open. Um, some places like that, but, you know, probably in his hometown of Richmond. But um, I don't think there's a whole lot of them just sitting around. Okay. I don't think. Well, I like that. You know, like I said, yeah, I guess we both saw that when it came across the, the ticker on ESPN. I was like, man, $12.6 well, million. Dollars. Yeah. Um, I would this, – this is what I would want. I would want the flag that Michael Jordan and other players wore in 92 when they couldn't have the um, – Assemblia from they chose that wasn't they couldn't they chose not to they could they they could have tomato said, tomato it, no no because it was that was they talk about it in the in the in the piece by the dream team you're talking about Jordan covering up the Adidas logo exactly the yes. Adidas got the contract for mm-hmm. the dream team well for you Team USA right right mm-hmm. and Barkley didn't do it. Barkley wasn't making gazillions of dollars. No, but from he Nike. was a, he was a Nike. Re- he was he was represented by Nike. There were other people here. In fact. Jordan aside, he had the most famous commercial up to that point. Nike, I am not a role model, okay. right? So Jordan, Jordan was with. I mean, uh, Barkley was with that. This was Jordan. You're right because of the money he made. He made, but he made that conscious effort to do that. Yeah. I want to. I want to drip that flag over my shoulders. I'm like, this is Michael Jordan's flag from '92 Olympics. '92 <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> he got a side for me, of course, but that's what I want. So that's what I would be, and I would love to have. A pair of Kobe Bryant's game-worn shoes. Okay, okay. That's just my guy. That's special. Yeah, that's I special. Pair. What about the jersey from the eighty? Uh, was it eighty-one point game? That would be pretty cool too. I wouldn't, that, see, I that, wouldn't that'd take that. That'd be the one I'd take. But I take his shoes from that game first. But the jersey, I could, I could, I, could, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, sneeze my, you know, point my nose at, but that one. But yeah, I would. If I had his shoes, though, I would do that. But uh. You know, I ain't paying twelve point. I ain't, at least I ain't paying. If you had it, you would though. No, I wouldn't. If you had it, no, I wouldn't. How do you know? Because I couldn't look myself in the mirror. If you and said I paid twelve point six million dollars for this baseball card. Because here's the thing: if you got twelve point million to even consider spending, you got a whole lot more than that. No, you no, got a I'm whole lot more than that. I, if you I don't had, know. If you I don't had, know if it's. Right, the, I don't know if it's because you had I'd Tiger's money. Raised. If you had Tiger's money, no, you wouldn't do it. No, no, I. And I don't care how much money these type people give in philanthropic type things, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. Not twelve point six million. You know, maybe maybe a hundred grand or something like that. But twelve point six million dollars, knowing that you're going to get it back. I don't care. Okay. No. Right. No. It, it, it take not on this Sunday morning when I need to go to church and pay my tithes. <laughs> but it, it's fine. It is what it is. But you know, I appreciate it. But I pay. Hey, what can you do? I got one thing to ask you. Okay. What happened with the Ravens mascot yesterday? You, you're a Baltimore person. 
I saw the Ravens mascot had to be carted off the field. I don't know. What, what, I, I was I was busy watching football and, and, and hanging out with you for a couple of hours and at the Falcons game, so I don't know about this. <laughs> uh, Poe, you know, the Ravens mascot's name Poe. Right, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Apparently he got injured. There was like a, a kid's uh, mascot game, which – there was one here. Yeah, right yeah. The, 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 the mascots. Oh, there was two things the mascots did, but they played a youth. They played a mimic game at halftime. Right. Um, Poe, the mascot, it was was carted off at halftime after an apparent injury um, in a, a a pregame playing against some some little little people. Well, I hope they did, he didn't get you know he didn't get face planted or or, or you know. Blindsided or something like that. I have to look it up. Do you have, a, do you have a backup for him? Do they have a uh, not not on game day? But no, okay. you know whoever it is, he's so. probably getting a call tomorrow. <laughs> Poor guy. Shots out to Poe. You know everybody dancing around. When anytime you talk about the Ravens, there should be one story and one story only. When y'all gonna pay your quarterback? I don't think it's gonna happen before you got twelve days before uh, official Why? kickoff. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? I, we've Why is about this nonsense couple, going on? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Give me a playoff win, a, a deep playoff run, then I'll pay you. And that's how exactly how I feel. That's how you feel? Yes. Are you saying that's what's coming from that, management? I, I, I would think of If he doesn't them. give you a playoff win this year for whatever the reason, you feel like you can go out, Baltimore can go out and get a better quarterback than what they did. And by the way, you're going to then have to start all over again because you have retooled at least – Allegedly, this offense around this special name, talent. Name one wide receiver on I the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know Ravens. Baltimore don't. Ravens. I'm just name saying, the no. running back of the Baltimore Ravens. You can't. You're missing my point. No, man. I'm not missing your then point. I'm you telling you, do? you, you do? don't have to rebuild an offense that don't really exist. How did he win the MVP? Running the football and passing to a really good tight end who they've locked up long term. Okay, so he did do some passing, right? Me and you, me and you can pass to that tight end. <laughs> No, we could. Yeah, we could. Okay, we could. You, when you get a, you got. You sound they, like you got some angst toward this. So, no, what, so what, I, I'm not. What, I, I I like Lamar Jackson. I do not think he is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he's not. Stop. No, no. I mean, I want you to wow. say that again out loud. Lamar Jackson is not a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Name the t- name me if you can in the little bit of time we have left that you feel is better than him. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Excuse uh, me, stop. Yeah. Justin Herbert. Yes. And San he is, he Los Angeles Chargers. And he has done what that Lamar hasn't done? And, Just because and, he has the MVP? Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Lamar oh, Jackson. That's, a, that's speculative. That's speculative. But go ahead. Go by the go film. Ahead. Go ahead. Go by the film, sir. Um, uh, Tom Brady still even in, in his later years. That's four. Oh my man, man you, you, I kind of you said this with so, so much confidence. Yeah, I want to know really, who you think really. is ahead of him. You got four right now. You got. I help you, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Five. How about the guy who plays for the Colts right now? Matt Ryan. Yeah. No, not top okay. ten. Um, Kirk Cousins. Come on, now. now you, I'm now just you trying to name. I'm just trying to name Dak. Dak Prescott. Yes, absolutely. Stafford. That's six. Yes. Well, I'll say Stafford. Matt yeah. Stafford. Yes. That's seven. Okay. okay. Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray. Murray. No. Kyler no, Murray. Kyler Murray's not. Okay. No. All right. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yes. Okay, that's eight. Then there's more. Come on, uh, you I, got two more to ooh. put ahead of him. You, you said you gonna top put Deshaun 10. Watson. We ain't seen Deshaun Watson playing. Don't know when. You still gonna put him above Lamar? Yes, I actually would. You if would. I had, if I had to start my franchise, I'm I'm taking away his you, off the field. You have to start situation. the season. No, we're talking football. Yeah. you got to start yeah. the season T- right tomorrow. Now. And he's he, and he's not suspended. I'm taking 
Deshaun Watson, absolutely. Okay. That's 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 uh, that's nine. nine. One more, Baker Mayfield. Who are you gonna say? No, let's okay. think. It's got to be somebody else on the West Coast. Um, oh man, uh, like who? Like who on the West Coast? You already done the West Coast. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, well, we're gonna go to break when I come back. Well, hang on a second. Lions quarterback Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. In, in, in the division right now, he may be. In the AFC North, well, that's he a may maybe. Be. He ain't saying yeah. that. He's saying a maybe. But regardless, regardless, that I am not going to be upset. Jameis Winston? Yeah. No, absolutely not. What about Lions quarterback? Uh, the, Former Jared Goff? Yeah. No, no. Okay. Went to a Super Bowl? Okay. He did go to the Super Bowl, yeah, but. He did. Didn't have Eric Dickerson behind him. All <laughs> right, but you said, your point is you very confidently said 10 quarterbacks in this league. I said he is not. I said he's not a top ten quarterback. Not, he, you said it not. very confidently. He is not. Oh. I'll give. I'll give. I'll give my full list to you. I, I, okay. didn't, I didn't. wasn't prepared for that question. Well, I, we weren't prepared to hear list. you say that out loud, but that was interesting. So, hey, that's the nice thing about sports right now, right? And, Bar- and, and I'm going back to Baltimore in two weeks, and, and if anybody <laughs> wants to debate me, I'll be in town. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have Maria Martin. We have been waiting to have Maria back here as we talk Falcons. Uh, she's with 11 Alive. She's going to join us. Also got a casting call, let you know where some um, money is flying through the air. But I also want to kind of piggyback on something we said yesterday um, with Dr. Dale here and just sort of drive parents out there who's young – Kids are going to be playing football. You need to know what the do's and don'ts and signs are when it comes to concussions. And we all love football, but we got to prepare you and give you this information. That is all coming up. But up next, we're going to talk some more Braves. Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. <laughs> 